Alrighty, good morning, everybody. This is the Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Wednesday morning, and there is a lot going on in the NFL, Wiz, and uh, we've, we've talked to people uh, a lot about this, uh, and the preparation for 2021 is underway. I hope you are well. What's cooking? Yeah, uh, all good, and uh, just seems uh, even though we're, you know, just uh, the beginning of March, there's not a day that goes by where there isn't something relevant uh, in terms of uh, the NFL, fantasy football-related, J.J. Uh, Watt signing with Arizona, the Dak Prescott situation, Russ Wilson all of a sudden now becoming uh, a factor, the ongoing uh, saga with uh, with Deshaun Watson as well, <clears throat> the Patriots quarterback situation, what the Jets and Dolphins are going to do, picking respectively two and three in this draft. There is a, a whole mess of stuff going on and uh very very interesting yeah and there's already player personnel decisions being made um uh, i think one that definitely impacts the tight end position minnesota vikings letting go of a veteran like kyle rudolph and that certainly opens the door for for irv smith jr to play a, a lot more a lot more of an every down type player so something that certainly uh people that will be partaking in in fantasy football this year will shuffle around things in the tight end rankings. I actually do believe of all the things you kind of mentioned, I think the Russell Wilson stuff is is probably the biggest thing and you know it it, it actually may paint a lot more clearer picture of kind of the what we saw in the second half of the year as that offense began to spun uh or or or, or spin downward uh and and really have a lot of trouble kind of performing um, in terms of any kind of consistency in the passing game, Russell Wilson's numbers and all the receivers' numbers really saw a distinct decline really after week nine. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of dissension in, in, the, in the coaching rooms. And you know, obviously they let go of their offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, in the offseason. But uh, this certainly seems to me like, like I think the biggest story and, and potentially the biggest impact um, in terms of uh, spillover effect into the landscape of the NFL right now. Yeah, and then uh, Miami did something a little interesting. They uh, have kind of, you know, they told Ben Noy that uh, who was the captain of their defense just signed him to a big deal that they're going to release him, uh, giving them some some cap space. And uh, the question is, for what reason? Um, there's you know a lot of thought that it's it potentially could for, be for Deshaun Watson, but I I think it's more for like an Aaron Jones who I think they're going to make a, a big, big push to get. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff, um, you know, that, that is happening. But one thing that's imminent is the Cowboys only have a few days to, to franchise tag um, Dak Prescott. So, um, and, and if they do franchise him, that, that is going to mean $37 million they'll be paying a quarterback who they don't have signs for a long-term deal. Um, you know, I, I just think that the Cowboys need to just make a decision whether they're going to roll with Dak Prescott long-term or they are just going to, you know, ha- have decided that they're going to just move on from the player uh, because, like I said the last time, this is – got the feel of a Kirk Cousins situation. Yeah, I don't I don't understand the logic in any of this. I, I want to go back to your point before before we talk a little bit more about the Cowboys. Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely a staunch proponent of, of not investing in the running back position. Uh, I, I think it continues to be a, a position that unfortunately for the players 
uh, that are being utilized in the position. It's it's a it's a water down it's a watered down position. Most likely, the most money you're going to make for most running backs is going to be in there in their first deal, in their first four or five year rookie deal. And, you know, I don't understand the Dolphins so much. Like, you know, again, like the Jets situation, I I look at Gaskin. um, I I look at Ahmed there. And yes, they're slightly slider back. So my personal view, I'd rather just add a cheaper option veteran to those two guys and, and run with that because I think both of those players were very effective given the opportunity to play, particularly Gaskin, actually. Um, so I, I'm actually very surprised that, that the, the Miami Dolphins, who I think are on the cusp of a lot of different things and certainly a lot different if it, the, the landscape looks a lot different if, if uh, Deshaun Watson is the quarterback here. But I just don't understand spending that much money at the position. I, I'd say the same thing for the Jets, you know, with those young guys that they have there, adding a veteran guy to that mix to me, seems like like to be a, a more intelligent solution. But, I, I, you know, again, I don't understand. You know, Aaron Jones is a great player. I'm not taking anything away from him. But we, we, we see what happens to running backs over time. We're seeing it with Ezekiel Elliott. It's not like the Dolphins have the greatest offensive line in the world to begin with. They're, they're working on making that better. But I just don't understand spending that kind of money at this point in time for an Aaron Jones. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, when teams look at that position, they don't have to look too, you know, too too back far in time to see how it's panned out. I mean, Elliott, Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, what he did there, I mean, none of those players have, like, seemed to be worth the contract and the deal that was, you know, actually, you know, agreed to. So I, I understand your point, but I still think that, the Dolphins are looking at a window here where they have a talented team, a very talented team, both sides of the football, and they feel like that could, you know, pole vault them to a championship type team. So I do think they are going to make a run at one of the top two guys, which are Aaron Jones and Chris Carson. Um, what kind of contract? I don't know, but. I think that is what's going to make sense for them because I, I just don't think the Texans are going to trade Deshaun uh, Watson to Miami. I think if they have if they come to a decision that they're going to move Deshaun Watson, I think it's going to be Carolina for two reasons. One, Carolina is is clearly willing to pay the most, or Chicago. I mean, Chicago may be willing to pay a lot as well. Or to Chicago, but Carolina, we know if for certain is willing to give up everything for Deshaun Watson, and on top of that, they trade him to the NFC. I think it'll be a little bit of a bitter pill to swallow to trade him to Miami and and you know and and and, and watch him in the AFC. So um, that's how I see it being played out as far as Deshaun Watson goes. But the Aaron Jones thing, I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna make a run at Aaron Jones. I think. You know, they're going to upgrade it, and I don't think they're going to do that with a veteran player. I, I think – I'd be surprised if – if you know, I don't – I'm not saying I, I'm sure he's going to end up in Miami, but I'm sure that they will be one of the top teams um, trying to get Aaron Jones. Yeah, and, and let me ask you this. So uh, before I do elaborate a little bit more on the Dak Prescott situation, does it seem clearer to you what kind of what was going on in Seattle in, in the back part of the season when the offense was ineffective 
unable to run the ball, Russell Wilson struggling, you know, players shaking their heads, walking to the sidelines. You know, does does that picture become clearer as a result of what we're hearing now in terms of some of the things that were going on uh, in those meeting rooms? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I find this whole thing fascinating with Russell Wilson. Not, not that he's let out through his agent that he's, you know, disgruntled, unhappy, he wants changes, but for him to specifically have his agent, because we know his agent is just not doing this on his own, for his, him to tell his agent to put out a group of a specific four teams, I, I just find that so interesting. And I'm just, you know, and the teams, by the way, which they were, I mean, the Saints make a world of sense. The Cowboys with their offensive players, especially wide receiver, make a world of sense. Uh, the Bears with their defense, I guess they that kind of, But the Raiders, that one struck me as so interesting. What do you make of not so much the disgruntled part? We could see that coming. The specific four teams that he had his agent put out. What, what, what do you make of that? So... The, the Cowboy one is probably the most interesting one because Russell Wilson obviously knows what's going on in terms of contract negotiations with Dak Prescott. So I find that to be the most fascinating one. But, you know, Jerry Jones being an owner who has been willing to spend money in the past, generally speaking, I don't know why he's been apprehensive to do that in the, in, in the case of, of, of Dak Prescott, uh, you know. Again, I, I don't think there's a massive shift. I mean, I, Russell Wilson's a great player. I also think Dak Prescott's a great player. So do I think that that team gains a significant amount uh, putting one in versus the other? I personally don't think so. So that's an odd one to me. I think your point on the Raiders, given that, I don't know, John Gruden hasn't actually lit it up as an offensive coordinator his first couple of years back as being kind of an innovator. Yes, they have some interesting players there, but that receiving core still needs some work. They have a good young running back. You know, I don't know, very surprising. And and the Bears have had nothing but offensive inconsistency, and their best player, arguably, and Allen Robinson, you know, potentially could be leaving now. Now, maybe Allen Robinson has a rethink about things uh, in terms of uh, his situation if a Russell Wilson comes into town. But, yeah, it, it's a little weird, the, the places that he chosen. I did see one bit that Jimmy Graham is, is very friendly with Russell Wilson, and that might have something to do with it. I, I saw that somewhere uh, last week. But, uh, you know, other than that, it, it's kind of hard to point fingers at. And, and, of course, the New Orleans situation, which also, by the way, has a little bit of mystery around it because apparently Drew Brees was working out like a demon uh, last week. They released a video of it. And, you know, for those of us who, like myself, who, who thought uh, all but certain that Drew Brees would not be quarterbacking the NFL, but it certainly uh, has people questioning whether Drew Brees is retiring or not. No, there's no question about that. That was, that was, that was interesting in the fact that he hasn't officially announced it. I'm just wondering, yeah, exactly what is going to what is going to go on with that. But I mean, you know, just staying on Russell Wilson for, for a second here. I mean, I guess he, he understands that Chris Carson is about, is about ready to leave. So he's going to lose his workhorse running back. Uh, he loves his pair of receivers. So would you say, if you had to guess, you know, cause this is all conjecture right now. Would you say that this at this point is a real desire for Russell Wilson from his perspective, that he really would like to go somewhere else, or is he giving a shot to the Seahawks and saying, like, you know, is he trying to draw them by saying, 
we, you know, this is complacency and, you know, we got to get some help here. Which of the two do you think it is? Is it really a desire to leave or does he want to jar the Seahawks? It's a, it's a really good question. Um, and I, I can truly say that I'm on the fence about my answer. Uh, my gut tells me, and again, like, you know, it's been a long year, no fans in the stadium. We know what that building is like. He's won a Super Bowl there, should have won a second Super Bowl there. Uh, Pete Carroll is probably the one or if not the second oldest coach in the NFL. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I actually may lean to the fact that maybe it's time for Russell Wilson to say, you know what? It's been a great run here. I've enjoyed everything about it. It's been it's been a great opportunity, uh, but maybe there's some intrigue in, in, in getting a place like New Orleans back to the Super Bowl. Certainly the Raiders, who have had no success as a franchise in the postseason for a very, very long period of time. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there is some intrigue there that, that, that I'm missing. And again, that the Chicago Bear one, to me, is the most curious one because I think there's a lot of questions around the coaching staff and the personnel there right now. Um, so that, that one would be the more interesting one but but yeah that I, I lean towards this being a little bit more of a reality as we sit here right now yeah I, I the way i look at it is i honestly think that he has a specific place in mind that he wants to go or he thinks that would be perfect for him but he just doesn't want to say have his agent say i'd be willing to i want to go to the cowboys which i think is probably the team or the saints i think it's one of those two teams and I think the thinking behind it is I just don't want to have my agent say, uh, yeah, I'm willing to be traded just to the Cowboys or just to the Saints. So I think he put a few teams out there, but not really a desire to go to a couple of them, like the Bears or the Raiders, to be honest with you. I think it's one of those teams that just doesn't want to put it out there because, you know, maybe he doesn't, you know, that the situation with Dak Prescott is interesting and the Saints situation. He just doesn't want to say one team but uh, and also that would hurt negotiations if he really wanted to go. If you say one team, it's difficult for the team that you're on to negotiate when you're, you know, they're negotiating against themselves. So I really think there is a specific team he wants to go to, whether it be the Cowboys or the Saints, makes sense to me. But he put a few of them out there for negotiation reasons and just to just to you know put a little bit more out there. So so if the Cowboys do not franchise Dak Prescott. Uh, by by the deadline, are we to assume that the Cowboys are actually going to make a move to bring Russell Wilson to the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a fair question. Um, the thing is, you know, you franchise him, you kind of kick the can down the road, right? You give yourself more time. You don't franchise him. They're in, they're in a bad situation no matter what. They franchise the player. They franchise Dak Prescott. They're paying him a whopping $37 million this year without a long-term deal. That's insane. You don't franchise him. You're in a situation where you're going to get nothing for the player when he becomes a, you know, a, a free agent in 2022. Um, Dak Prescott really has the, is holding the cards here. Um, and uh, it, it just seems the franchise tag does not make any sense to me uh, at this point. And it also appears that if they were going to have a long-term deal worked out, they would have done so already. So I think this is messy, complicated, and uh, the Cowboys have a few days. I believe it's March 8th to uh, 
to franchise him or not. So, so let me ask you this, Wiz. Do you agree with my statement in that? And again, both excellent players. I don't understand why Dak Prescott hasn't been signed to this point in time. I really don't. I don't think it's a question of his ability. But would you agree, largely speaking, that if we were, if we were to take Dak Prescott's game versus Russell Wilson's game, that that from a from a just forget about fantasy for a second, but there's there's, there's kind of unbelievable similarities between the two players, no? Yeah, I think there's, I think you know, I, I think they're in the same. You know, I like Russell Wilson better. I think Russell Wilson's a better quarterback, but he's played a little bit more than than Dak Prescott. I mean, you know, durability. I think I saw somewhere that Russell Wilson has played 140 plus straight games, uh, something like that. Um, but before, so but I, by I the way, think, before before this year's injury, I don't think Prescott missed the game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, no, I'm not by saying any any. I'm not saying by any means why, that that he's injury prone, Dak Prescott. I, I'm giving the reasons why somebody would really love uh, a Russell Wilson, and I'm not saying the Cowboys do. Um, I, I just think you know that Jerry Jones has gotten burned. He has made wrong decisions. He's made decisions where he's pulled the trigger. And on, on Elliott, and that hasn't worked out. He was hesitant with Dak Prescott, and that hasn't worked out. It, it seems like when he does make a move, it, 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 it looks bad, and when he doesn't, it looks bad. So I just think, uh, you know, the idea must be intriguing to him. But I, I don't, I can't speak to if they feel Russell Wilson is a big upgrade over Dak Prescott. I, at this point, it's just easy to determine that they don't feel that Dak Prescott is going to you know, lead them or do anything like that. I just feel it would have, it would have been done already. Yeah. 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 So it's so definitely lots of question marks. Uh, let me ask you this, uh, just shifting gears a little bit. Um, I, I do think given some of the names that are out there and some of the discussions and, you know, we know Urban Meyer is in Jacksonville now, um, Trevor Lawrence has had his surgeries, all but certain to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. But a lot of discussion around the skill position players in Jacksonville. You know, they released Tyler Eifert last week, so they're going to be in need of a tight end. And there's a couple of good tight ends out there. Uh, at wide receiver, you know, outside of DJ Shark, there was a lot of inconsistency at the position. D.D. Westbrook has kind of been a fading star. Chris Conley, he drops too many balls, but they're going to need. And I think LaVisca Chenault's going to make a big, big step up in this offense. But but there's a lot of discussion about the skill positions and I think they're set at running back with James Robinson what are your thoughts here with, with, with the Jaguars and, and, and again they could do it through the draft they do have they do have high draft picks once again they have a couple of first rounders uh, an early second rounder as well uh, but is this a situation where Urban Meyer can really build a powerful offense very very quickly the latter the latter um, if you look at that division if we just look at it, it's it's a it's a, it's a great division to have a, you know an up and coming team. Uh, there's a lot of question marks in there. Um, the, the Colts and Titans, you know, good teams, but just seems with Derrick Henry, I'm not sure how much more, how many more years he could be a workhorse guy. I'm even dubious about him for this year. Um, and 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 you know, and the Colts and bringing in, you know, uh, a situation, a quarterback that is kind of, you know, iffy, um, you know, is he going to, we're going to see the good Carson wins, the bad Carson wins, but I, I like, I like a lot of things about Jags. I mean, I, I really like LaVisca Chenault. He is a physical, 
physical player. And if him and Shark can stay on the field, Urban Myers, he knows how to do things with receivers. If you look at these young elite receivers in the NFL, many, well, not many, several of them are from Ohio State University where Urban Meyer really, you know, helped them. And I think he's got a great eye for that position. And uh, he's going to, you know, make some decisions via the draft and via free agency. And uh, there's a lot to like about the Jags. So, yes, I do think that uh, it's not going to take long before the Jags are are, are going to be a good team. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement, and I and I do agree with your points on, on on those offensive players that are currently there, and versus what they can do in free agency. I think they have a lot of they have a lot of options here, and could make things very interesting in that division very quickly. I also think they have a, a young defense that kind of played better as the season went on. You know, it's not it's not that Saxonville defense from from a few years ago, but um, and boy, have the mighty have fallen. And, you know, you think about th- that team being basically one series away. Uh, from going to a Super Bowl and, and you know maybe changing history in, in a lot of ways if that had happened that uh, at that year but but it didn't and 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 the franchise has kind of fallen off so we'll see what happens there you know for certain but yeah I, I think I think in a position to to really do some special things uh, you, know, you know just I just wanted to just one just stick with Jack for the Jags for one quick second then you know we could talk about uh, what the next thing you wanted to bring up was I think there's a parallel to be made with the Jags the end of last season and the Dolphins at the end of the season before. And I know you and I always look at how teams end their season, how they do, especially when they're out of the playoff race. And boy, Miami was playing so hard at the end of 2019. And so were the Jags at the end of this past season. They were massive, massive underdogs in a bunch of those games. Um, And they battled. They battles and I love that and I think you know that's going to be interesting for Urban Meyer to look at see which guys really look good on film at the end of the year we're playing so hard and uh, if you combine that with the young players and Trevor Lawrence coming in there and Urban Meyer with his creativity and eye for offense yeah I think the Jags are, are, are going to be a good team Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am kind of. I'm kind of. You know. Again, I do like the way they finished the season out, and I felt like that young defense started to show a little, a little, little moxie as the season wore on. So, so we did a, a podcast a few weeks back, was where we kind of talked a little bit. You know, we kind of played some games and where we thought quarterbacks would land, and and some of them have already landed where we thought they would. There's still some a lot of question marks about it. I just kind of want to revisit that in looking at the draft order for this year because. I take a look at the draft order and I look at the situation. Obviously, uh, the, the Jaguars are picking first and the Jets second uh, and the Dolphins third. But then after that, things start to get very interesting where the Falcons are picking fourth. Um, you know, the Bengals are, will be able to help themselves. They need help all over the football field. The Eagles pick sixth. You know, this is a team that just traded away uh, Carson, Carson Wentz. The Lions once again find themselves in the top 10. Carolina's in the top 10 for the second straight year. The Broncos pick at number 9. The Cowboys at 10 and the Giants are 11 and the Niners are 12. And I, I think when we look at a lot of those teams, you know, look, the, the Niners were were a really great team a few years back. They have all these injuries last year. They take a big step backwards. But, you know, question marks around Jimmy Garoppolo, question marks around what's going to happen with Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Do you, do you have any shift in opinion? 
opinions from kind of what we talked about a few weeks ago when we were kind of surmising where we thought things could shake out or, or have things just stayed uh, kind of fuzzy for you or, or is there a little bit more of a, of a direction where you think these teams are going to go? The one thing I said on that podcast that I'm going to repeat, I, I really feel Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up in New England uh, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, that's going to leave the 49ers quarterback list, if you will, as far as you know, a team that you know feels they're a championship-caliber team without a quarterback. Uh, I, I still like Matt Ryan to end up there. I just don't know when that's going to happen. But <clears throat> to me, if you look at the fact that there are still quarterbacks that are still, you know, with certainly Garoppolo, Deshaun Watson's in play, Russell Wilson maybe play. So if you talk about some terrific veteran quarterbacks, young, but have been played in the league before, then you add on to the fact of five promising rookie quarterbacks that are going to be drafted in the first round, and then top on to all of that, the fact that the teams that are picking early are all in need or mostly are in need of a quarterback. This is going to make for such an interesting draft. And I feel the Jets and Dolphins have a chance to move their franchise in a, in a, in a changing way for the next five or seven years, especially Miami picking at three and especially that they have a, a terrific roster. The Jets have have got to make a decision with Sam Donald, and that's going to set up the rest of the draft. I think the Jets could do one of three or four things. I think they could take a quarterback, probably Zach Wilson with that number two pick. I think they could take either Devontae Smith or Chase uh, at wide receiver. Um, they could take Panay Sewell to you know, make sure, take the, the elite lineman to protect Sam Donald, or what I think they should do, and you know, we'll have to see how it plays out, is trade that pick because I think there are teams that are so high on Zach Wilson that they will move and, and give a lot to get to that number two pick. And now that you're talking about teams between, you know, all the way there's several teams that are picking between, um, let's say, let's say four and eight even right, that need a quarterback, it's perfect for the Jets because they could get a lot and they can they, they could still get a, a terrific player in that first round. So that would make sense for me for the Jets. But as we know, not many times did the Jets do things that uh, end up working out for them. And Miami is in a tremendous spot at two picking three. Um, their situation, I think, is a little clearer. If they – feel that they can make a run of Deshaun Watson. Obviously, that number three pick is going to be gone. But to me, as far as Miami is concerned, you stick with Tua, you don't give up the ranch, and with that three pick, you either take Devontae Smith or uh, Jamal Chase, who will be available, certainly, because uh, uh, they're picking third, and we know Trevor Lawrence is going one. So uh, that's how I see it for those teams. All right, and another player we kind of talked about on that uh, on podcast when we were talking about the on one of our previous podcasts we were talking about some of the uh, unrestricted free agents, and it looks like the Pittsburgh Steelers are moving on from James Conner, and we kind of talked about this player. Um, they're gonna they're, they're tied. It looks like they're tied to Ben Roethlisberger again, which maybe surprises some people, especially given some of the discussions around that. Um, 
But James Conner leaving Pittsburgh uh, certainly looks like a more likely situation. How do you kind of see the direction that this team could go? Because it's not like, you know, Benny Snell or, or, or the kid that they drafted last year from Maryland, uh, McFarlane. Uh, it's not like they lit the, lit, lit, lit the ground game on fire when they got the opportunity. So are the Pittsburgh Steelers a potential um, for looking for running back help, either free agency or in this, or in this draft? Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm concerned for Pittsburgh. If you look what goes on right in that middle of that offense, you have a, 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 an all-pro center who's retired, a quarterback who is another year older, and now no sure thing at running back. And you know, they, they're not going to. They're, they're certainly, they've never been the type of team. We saw how they handled the Levy on Bell thing. They've never been the type of team that's going to go out of free agency. So they're going to do it what they have. What's in their running back right, room right now, and and what they could get via the draft, and uh, um, they could take a running back. They could take one of the top two guys. I'm, I'm, I think one of them will be available when when they pick. We'll, we'll we'll have to see. You know, as we as we look at the first round a little bit more closely. But yeah, to your point, um, there's there's a lot of concern um, with with Pittsburgh. It appears to me that the Cleveland Browns have clearly moved ahead of them and especially uh you know as as we as we head forward to these next few years that uh Cleveland looks a lot more promising than Pittsburgh does you know, it's really unbelievable. The Steelers are a team that started undefeated. Uh, a lot of young talent at the receiver position. When you look at Deontay Johnson, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Chase Claypool, although you know Juju, I think, is, is probably uh, a big question mark to return as well. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how that kind of shakes out. What are your thoughts here on the 17-game schedule? Uh, it, it's sounding more likely that that's going to be a done deal for the 2021 season. Um you know, for people that like to play more football, that means more fantasy football, one extra week of fantasy and, and something for uh, league commissioners and, and, and leagues to figure out how they were handle, handle in terms of scheduling. Yeah, you know, this, it's going to be 18 games with still only one buy, right? That's correct, yep. That means, let me say, yeah, I mean, they're just giving one buy. I mean, I don't know, I would have liked to see them like either start the season a week earlier or even a week later. Um, probably a week early and, and give each team two buys while they're adding that game. That would have made more sense. But, uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be – look, we know what it's all about. It's about the almighty dollar, um, you know, an extra game, fans in attendance uh, this upcoming season, um, you know, and, 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 and that's what it's really, you know, mainly about. But <clears throat> as far as the players go, man, it's, it's – it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. I wonder, I'm wondering if, and I've not heard anybody say this, so this is probably the first time you're gonna hear this too. I wonder if teams before their bye week are not gonna use the dreaded rest for some of their players, uh, where what we see in the NBA all the time and. I got to tell you, it, it kind of would make sense to me that if you have a team that has their bye week, let's say in week 10, and you could give one of your players, you know, especially a, a veteran player, three weeks off, essentially. You sit him the week before the bye, then he has his bye, and then there's another week until the next game. I think we may start seeing the dreaded 
not playing rest in the NFL. Yeah, and, and you know, it's a, I, 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 that's a great point. Uh, I, I hadn't thought about that. Wouldn't disagree about it. I think one thing that, that was kind of done a little bit this year when you look at uh, the way they use that short-term injury reserve list, which I know that was done for this year with COVID. Um, I hope it sticks around going forward. I don't know if you've actually heard, is it going to or not? But I think teams really utilize that. That short-term injury list was, uh, you know, again, a way to get guys, instead of having them sit out for, for six, seven, eight, ten weeks, you know, that short-term injury list, I thought, made uh, injury, injury reserve uh, made a lot of sense, and I would like to see something like that continue um, for seasons uh, to come. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so, but I think the, the reasons why, you know, teams use that is for, you know, their, 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 their roster spots. I mean, you know, if you don't put a player on injured reserve, uh, you know, designated to return, and he's out a couple of weeks in the past, um, you know, it, it, it costs you a roster spot. So I think it just makes sense to have an IR for two weeks um, instead of what they've been doing in the past. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case. Well, like you said, we'll we'll have to see we'll have to see how that shakes out. As far as how this is going to affect fantasy football leagues, is um, I just think that uh, let me let me just say first, I feel if you're in a fantasy football league that doesn't play with divisions, you're prehistoric in your times. I mean, I know you could do where you play everybody once and then you just repeat the first few weeks. And in the past, it's been you repeated the first two weeks. Now it's probably going to be the first three weeks. But I, I just think you want to emulate the NFL as, as best you can. You have three divisions of four. It, let's just use the standard 12-team league. You have three divisions of four. You play your own division opponent twice. That's six games. You play everybody else once. That's another eight games. That's 14 games. And then you use weeks 15, 16, and 17 as your playoffs in the Super Bowl. And then you leave out week 18 because that's the week you assume that when teams have things uh, clinched or, you know, they're, they're not going to play their players, you don't want to use that as your fantasy football Super Bowl. So that, uh, that's how I see it. That makes the most sense to me to use 14 weeks now as the regular season, 15, 16 the playoffs. And divisions, I believe, are the way to go because it just makes things uh, much more interesting. And uh, and I, I just feel like uh, leagues that don't do it are not thinking it through. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. I, I do think, you know, playing championship games in the final week of the season, whether it's the current form in week 17 or the new form, which would be in week 18, makes no sense because a lot of players get rested. We saw that happen uh, this past season. So you want to avoid playing a championship game in the final week of the regular season because a lot of players end up getting rested. Yeah, and, 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 and especially, especially to your point, now that they're going to 18 teams, there is no way with even more of a grueling season that when a team has their spot clinched. And by the way, we saw that even we saw what Pittsburgh did, and they, and, and they could have moved up or down uh, depending whether they, they won that game at Cleveland in Week 17. So now with an 18-game season, a more grueling season, you could bet that Week 18 is going to be filled with backups. And like you said, you don't really want that for your championship. Yeah, you, you you want to play fantasy football in in week eighteen, you know, in the new form. Just just play FanDuel, put a lineup in, but wasting your time. You you come all this way to get to a championship, and you have to deal with best players potentially being out. It it is not the right practice, not the right practice at all. 
Yeah, just one other thing uh, that I wanted to mention is because you mentioned a few teams about picking in that first round. You went over the spots, and I just want to talk about a couple interesting things. One is I know the Lions just made that deal to get Jared Goff, and he is you know still a young quarterback. And but that pick is very interesting to me because you know apparently they are in love with Justin Fields from Ohio State, and I'm wondering what that's going to do uh, if they're, you know, looking at that deal as just a kind of a deal where they're moving on or if they really believe in Jared Goff. I think we're going to know that early by what they do with that seventh overall pick. And with the fourth pick, Atlanta is taking a quarterback. It's which quarterback they'll be able to get. I can see Atlanta and the Jets making a deal to move up to that two spot. That would make a lot of sense for the Jets. Uh, that would be actually a perfect scenario for the Jets. But, if, you know, you don't know, right, about this. Somebody loves Justin Fields. Somebody loves Zach Wilson. Another one loves the potential of a Trey Lance who's going to be a first-round pick. Matt Jones probably, you know, be more, you know, after the 10th pick, between 10 and 15. I don't think he ever gets past the Patriots picking at 15. But all it takes is for one team to absolutely love and have to have that quarterback. And that, you know, that could be an amazing deal for the, for the Jets picking at two and or the Dolphins picking at three. I cannot disagree with that. And I definitely think that the Atlanta Falcons are taking a quarterback and, you know, maybe they will be taking in that second slot. And and as you mentioned, a lot of that will also determine whether they've decided that they're going to keep uh, Sam Donald as their quarterback. So there's so many moving parts to this. Uh, it's incredible. And we're excited for it all. Uh, there's a lot of fun things that are going to be happening uh, o- over the next few weeks. And we're going to continue to talk about it. You know, we are preparing for 2021. If you remember us talking about this very early on, early on last year when a lot of people were naysayers about the fact that football was even going to occur. We were preparing for 2020. We did that very early. We continued to stay steadfast in our approach towards it. And of course, that's the way we'll be approaching 2021. Uh, The great thing is, you know, I will say this, uh, the country is opening up a bit. Uh, vaccines are being administered. Uh, the distribution process is going well. You know, I think we're going to get to a point uh, by time we get to summertime where where the world is going to start looking a little bit more normal. There'll be some fans in Major League Baseball stadiums. There's, I've even seen some concert schedules released for outdoor venues. So so life is going to start feeling a little bit better. Uh, you know, it's been a long haul. I think next week is going to be the anniversary of really when we started to shut down, which is hard to believe that that's the case. Uh, actually, it might even be the end of this week. So just a lot of unbelievable things that have happened. But the country is, is trying to move forward. And, and look, we, we, we've got to get living again and uh, living living again safely. And, and, and it's good to see that we're kind of moving a step in the right direction at this point in time. Yeah, there's no, there's no question about it. Look, we could debate when, at what month, you know, we're going to start feeling better. You know, I think it's going to take a little longer for people – you know, there's a lot of stress and anxiety and um, over, you know, obviously what's happened. So it, it may take people a little bit longer to, like, feel good about going to a crowded stadium or a concert or a mall. But that eventually will happen. But I'm I'm pretty sure that when we have our fantasy football draft, it'll be back to what we used to. And uh, and, and that that's that's a terrific thing as well. 
Yep, absolutely. All right, good stuff. Um, so Guru and Liz Fantasy Football Podcast. Once again, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, and we're on SoundCloud. Uh, make sure you continue to listen to us in the offseason as we prepare for the 2021 football season. We're going to continue to do these type of episodes. We've got some fun stuff coming up, some guests, some different topics that we're going to talk about. But, Wiz, always good talking football with you, and I'll wish you a good rest of your Wednesday. Appreciate that. Same to you.